Welcome back to another bonus episode of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the movie and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler free where I give my overall opinion on the film and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Black Fox. Released in 2019 by Studio 3Hz, it has a 90 minute runtime and from what I can find there is no dub version for this film. The story follows Rika, a young girl raised by a genius father who works with artificial intelligence, and her grandfather, the leader of a ninja clan. Clearly she's had an interesting upbringing. The grandfather hopes Rika will take his place as head of the clan and while she enjoys training, her passion is to become an inventor and more follow in the footsteps of her father. Unfortunately, Rika studying through grad school would be a far less interesting watch, so tragedy had to strike. A military organization breaks into Rika's home to steal her father's research. Both Ninja Gramps and Professor Dad are killed while ensuring Rika's escape to safety. Rika is supposed to go into hiding, but instead swears to avenge her family. Rika's relationship with her grandfather is a shining example of when you push someone down a certain path, they usually rebel against it. The grandfather's like, we're training today, you're going to be a ninja. Where on the other hand, the father doesn't ask Rika to play chess, he lets her bring the board to him. When Rika shows interest in being like her father, he says, why don't you find your own path? So what did she do? Enroll in the same school he attended. If the granddad really wanted Rika to be his successor, he should have used a little reverse psychology and told her she isn't good enough to be a ninja. Which is not completely untrue, just look at the game of hide and seek. Rika was off to a horrible start. When running down the hall, her footsteps are smacking on the floor, and even when stationary, Rika's mouth breathing is giving away her position. In through the nose, out through the mouth, it's pretty basic stuff. During this chase, I knew it was practice, and what gave it away is I doubted a little girl would just wander into a mass killer's home, and if this was a random attack, there wouldn't be a button on the wall for a trap floor. When Rika dropped the frightened act and started deflecting shuriken with a short blade, I instantly knew this would be my new favorite movie. One of them even got stuck in the sword scabbard. After getting laughed at, Rika lit a firebomb hella quick and the granddad kicked up the floorboard to block it. I restarted the movie, sat my boy Blase down, and made him watch that fight with me. For the rest of the review, I'll be addressing our heroine as Lily in the present and Rika during the past. Which brings me to the topic of her choosing a new name. Picking the first flower she sees outside of the safe house was weak. If I was the writer, I would have easily incorporated a reason for taking that name. Before showing the photo of Dr. Allen with the two goons who end up being the villains, have a picture on the father's desk of Rika's mother holding her in a bed of lilies. The dad explains that photo was taken a few weeks after Rika was born and how they were her mother's favorite flower. Mention she actually thought about naming Rika Lily, that way when she sees the flower it actually puts some meaning into her new alias. Regardless of how she chose the name, Lily takes a job as a private investigator. When she was working on retrieving the cat, her boss mentions the payment covers the lease on their office for six months. I'm curious if their prices are astronomically high or if the rent is just that cheap. Judging by the worn down building they operate out of, I'm guessing the latter. Private investigating pays the bills and is a good gig to improve the skills of remaining unseen. Lily desperately needs the practice, she is all over the internet and Obero has to remind her to mask up. She let herself be caught on surveillance video and grabbed by security when scoping out the research center. When she put her hand in the backpack, I thought it was so the squirrel could crawl up her sleeve, let the meathead search the bag, find nothing, and then be on your way. Instead, she was going for a knife. The best part of Lily's character is combining technological brilliance with martial arts knowledge. Ninjas back in the day had to wait for nightfall to hide in the shadows, but some missions need to be handled at one in the afternoon. How do you solve that problem? 
with a color-changing stealth suit activated by pushing the zipper. It was so cool, but if a small scratch from a cat deactivates the camo, it needs more work. Lily upgraded the bombs from being lit by a fuse to squeeze activation, which was sweet, but the grappling hook is the star of the show. It's equipped with a camera to identify the most efficient point to attach and rocket boosters to get there faster. With all the amazing gadgets Lily has, I found it funny she still uses a digital camera similar to the one my mother owned back in 2006. I refuse to call them gear because artificial or not, they're sentient. I'm of course talking about man's best friends. Obero is an old soul in the voice of reason. I had a good laugh when midway through a sentence he stopped talking. I was confused like what just happened until a young girl ran down the stairs of their apartment building. Then it dawned on me he's a talking dog. That's not a normal thing. I had just been conditioned to him speaking freely. It was cool the animals could appear lifelike with fur, but Obero's best look was in black, making him similar to the design of a Doberman. The best moment with Obero is the flashback where he and Rika had an argument and she puts a bandage on his cut. I realize the one on Rika's face is from him smacking the hell out of her with his paw. If Obero was female, that would be the most true-to-definition bitch slap ever. Next is Madara, who everyone labeled a Mosa rat, but she looked like a chipmunk to me. With the ability to glide, I'm guessing she's a flying squirrel. She's useful for espionage, easily getting into small places, and is agile as hell. Rika as a ninja in training couldn't grab a hold of Madara if her life depended on it. Another function Madara had was using projections to distract enemies, but the best implementation was the man directing everyone to safety when Lily was fighting the machine gun-toting robot. Madara's funniest moment was being flicked off Mia's shoulder when she went super nuts in the end fight. Lastly is Kazumi the eye in the sky, really good for reconnaissance and intel. Unfortunately Kazumi was the most unrealistic one, I don't believe it would have the ability to carry Lily's weight and fly around the city. When it came to Melissa, I thought wouldn't it be dangerous for Lily to have a roommate seeing as she's going off for revenge? Where Melissa was so young, I assume Lily discovered her during a case and with nowhere else to go, Lily took her in. Then Melissa's finger is cut and I was screaming holy shit she's a robot like the animals. I loved how she looked like a child but dresses as a middle aged woman, but her final mission outfit is a no go. She needs something better ASAP. There's always the one scientist whose ego can't handle being shown up and goes crazy. Lauren is a weirdo, look how excited he got by Alan's death, every time it's brought up he's smiling. I've never seen someone so obsessed with another man before. Lauren is also Mia's deadbeat dad who is absolute garbage, the pain he puts his own daughter through is awful. Mia is disgustingly pale and brainwashed by her father. It was sad a good part of her life is wasted on his experiments. She's pretty much turned into a Metal Gear Solid boss, Psycho Mantis' granddaughter. Mia is very smart, I really enjoyed her and Lily bonding while playing chess through the fence. But once it was shown to Lily that Mia helped in the killing of her family, that Cobra Kai training kicked in, no mercy. I personally think Obero was wrong for stopping Lily from killing Mia, not only would it put her out of her misery, but she deserved it. Mia lifted the granddad in the air to be riddled by bullets. You can make the argument it's not in her control, but she continues to be manipulated by her father. Like, Mia was an idiot to believe him in general, but especially on the phone when giving away their location. She endangered so many civilians. Mia gave Lauren so many chances to be decent and he let her down every time. Mia does join Lily in the end, but I could care less. I would have been equally okay with her dying. You know what's similar to Brad? Bald. He reminded me of so many people it was difficult to see him as his own man. First was traces of Ibuki from Naruto due to the scarred face and bald head. Second was Lex Luthor, specifically the version in Young Justice. It was the way he's presented as a likable figure but secret scumbag along with his bald head. 
Lastly, he reminded me of Skullface from Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain. They both wear dumb hats to cover their bald head. This next section started as one nitpick after another until it became its own paragraph. Before the assault on their home when Rika's father refused to send robo-animals to war, did no one see the military tanks rolling through their neighborhood? I get they live in the hills, but the vehicles had to pass somebody's house on the way up there. Next is Rika blames herself for letting the goons into the lab with her retinal scan, but the door stayed open for way too long. When Rika first entered as a child, you can hear the door shut behind her almost immediately. Now it remains open so the armed men can enter. They should have figured out a better way to get those guys into the lab. Obviously the granddad is a beast. Did you see the state of their house? Blood on the walls, broken furniture, and the impact I felt in my chest when he was taking down soldiers in a smokescreen was hard hitting. He was also eating bullets like breath mints. The old man did not go down easy. But this was a good lesson to evolve with the times. No matter the skill you have with a katana, it doesn't match a machine gun at distance. When it came to Mia moving shit with her mind, I mean nothing was going to help against that. Black Fox has the only instance of reverse anime time that I can think of. Rika's father set an 8 minute timer on his computer, they have a 1 minute conversation, and the timer is on zero. And how lucky was Rika that Brad lifted his umbrella so she could see his face and that his hat wasn't in the way. The last shot of this home invasion is Rika being flown away as a storm is brewing. I wanted to see Kazumi get struck by lightning and drop Rika. As you can tell, there was a lot to poke at in this early section. Another weird plot moment leading into the end fight is why did the family make a birthday video when they're going to see Rika in person at the party? As mentioned, Granddad is behind with the times, making his awkwardness on video sweet. The suit crafted for Lily was deadly. I'm not crazy about the long hair, but everything else is great. Grandpa listened when she expressed not wanting to hurt people, so her weapons are paddles. They can be used as dual swords or connected as a staff. Even though they're not sharp, Lily could still bust a jaw or crack some ribs causing internal bleeding with those things. It reminded me of Batman, both detectives that won't kill, but still hand out blunt force trauma like candy on Halloween. Weird side note, have you ever noticed the cycle of Batman? He won't kill criminals, but leaves them to recover in a hospital for a few months. Now they're stuck paying off all those medical expenses, probably reverting back to a life of crime to cover the costs, giving the Dark Knight another opportunity to catch them and beat them all over again. The final fight was great, but the highlight was Lily using substitution jutsu before her final attack. Lauren turned and blasted, but only a log remained. While on comparisons, I tend to reference Metal Gear in a lot of my reviews, but this may be the most in a single episode. The parallels continue to stack up. Black Fox, Foxhound, the main character is a high-tech ninja with a robot dog companion fighting other weaponized animal-like drones. Uh, Metal Gear Rising called it would like its plot back. As for the production, the animation had some scaling issues, both when Sugar jumped off the roof and when the blonde engineer was kicked off one. The shots showing them fall would have them hit the pavement way before Lily had time to intervene. I also judge an anime heavily on how the lightning looks and Black Fox failed. All the lightning blasts were thick and didn't look great. The sound effects on the other hand were all well done. The eagle screech at the end of the introduction fight and when the stone door of the safe house opened sounded great. And the music in this film was more of a superhero tune than any other anime I've seen. The opening reminded me of the Avengers soundtrack. Nitpicks I understand this family would treat robotics kindly but Rika tells the door to her father's lab thank you after it opens. First off, parents should never use shorthand while texting. My father answers everything with the letter K and it drives me nuts. Rika's dad sends her a text with HV for have. I've never seen that abbreviation before. I gotta say the environment shots of the city look very futuristic, but there are clearly still some seedy areas. 
Both the fire escape railing and drain pipe crumbled when Lily connected to them with a grappling hook. I mean, how cheap do you have to be when metal just peels over? Best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Lily. The way she'd hang off her granddad and father was adorable, and her pouty face at all ages was the best. Usually I enjoy romance in my action and comedy series, but I didn't miss it here at all. There was no need or room for it. All the characters in this series are too young to even have waifu and harem talks. Final thoughts. Just as a heads up, if you search Black Fox and Crunchyroll, make sure it's all one word. When I put a space in between, it didn't show up and I lost my mind. Using the magic of Google, I found it is still on Crunchyroll, just be sure to type it correctly. Which leads to my next gripe. This might sound odd with how I just picked apart every little thing about this movie, but I saw a few star ratings on Google that were all 6 out of 10. This is why I hate numbered ratings, explain to me how this movie on average loses 4 points. The characters were great, the action was incredible, the animation was decent, and the ninja tools were superb. Aside from a revenge premise that doesn't exactly reinvent the wheel, what was there not to like? After calming myself and being objective, if you watch this movie for enjoyment, it ranks extremely high. If you're critiquing it, I can see how it would be considered average. Regardless of those other reviews, do me a favor. Check out Black Fox. I desperately want a sequel to this film. The end left me imagining all the different directions the story could be continued. Alright, that's going to be it for this month's bonus review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.